Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, I'm going to keep this simple. Welcome back to Straight Up with Stassi. I'm Stassi Schroeder-Clark. Let's do this. funny because when you do this it, it sounds so perfect i know taylor You're was fucking... the one that got me on taylor this. was the one that taught me this too what would where would we all be without taylor strucker like you know <laughs> like literally where would we be without taylor strucker she taught like i feel like all of us everything we need to know about podcasting and radio <laughs> all of us you, we're all you her know, she got me on to be an entertainer like she's the re- i call her my russian gymnastics coach like she is the reason i'm here with you right now Wait, what do you mean? Like you so I was <laughs> Taylor, she was supposed to have a comedian on her her radio show. Somehow Wait, is this that... is this before Summer House? Yes. <gasps> no, this bitch discovered me from pulled me out of the forest. What? <laughs> I was just wild running around the jungle, feral creature. But we didn't have a great like first interaction. No. Wait. Oh my God. I can't believe I don't know this story. You guys, hold on. Let me just, let me just introduce my guest real fast. And then we're going to literally jump right back into this. You guys, I have Hannah Burner on right now. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know who she, who she is, especially if you are into comedy because she is like the comedian to come out of the Bravo world. She has two podcasts. She goes on comedy tours. She goes on podcast tours. She is a TikTok star. You have (laughs) 2.4 million followers on TikTok. I don't know whether you're millennial or Gen Z, but you are like a master of talking about all things like dating and just like getting real with like female shit and asking dudes the hard questions. Like you're just, you're hysterical and I'm so excited to have you here. Now let's get right back into what you're talking (laughs) about. Cause we were talking about how Taylor Strucker, like our, like, I guess is just like our fairy godmother when it comes to like entertainment podcasting. So, and you guys both are early in the podcast game. Game. like you, you can't even compare me to taylor though she's like she's, she's like radio like full blown like you know like <laughs> and when taylor fam- if you're listening we're not aging you you are uh, a young whippersnapper we kind of are because you know she was doing radio when families would like sit around the fire and like turn it on for entertainment <laughs> like that's how there long were she's dinosaurs been around. outside the window 100 <laughs> percent. so i actually was working at this company betches media I was like, just like writing memes for them. I was doing little interviews. I just, I was getting paid like freelance money, but I was like, at least I feel creative. I'm doing what I want to do. Somehow my name got thrown in to replace someone on the Taylor Stryker show as an emergency. And I've never done radio before. And I've never done two hours of radio. Yeah. Which is hard for anyone. Yeah. And to anyone listening, say yes to everything. I feel like men do it all the time. They're like not even prepared. They'll be like, I'll crush it. So just say, <laughs> just Wait, say yes. Hannah, what's, that's really funny. Cause like I follow the philosophy of like, don't say yes to everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need your help. Cause I'm an extremist. I will say yes to everything and then cry about it and be like, why did I say yes to this? I don't want to do it. So we need a balance. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like if you feel like you're saying no because you don't think you're ready for something, mm-hmm. I don't think that experience is actually that important with things. Like they say that doctors who actually have less experience sometimes are way better because they're more motivated and fresher on material. So Makes anyway, sense. I read that in a book. I don't actually it was probably a TikTok. But anyway, <laughs> no, I was like, you did? <laughs> you read it in a book? Like what kind of books I are you reading? 
sounds smart for you. Just Stassi's book. Um, so I show up to tail. I'm so nervous. And it's two hours. And I like, I'm treating this like I'm running a marathon. I brought a banana, a Gatorade, orange juice, and a scone. So throughout the pod, I am like hydrating. I'm eating. I'm like, you got to, I'm fighting for my life. And at the very end, it, she was like, you did a great job. But if you ever eat on a podcast again, <laughs> we're going to have a fucking problem. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know you're not supposed to eat. And she's like, it's OK. Like, you're new. You're fresh. But that wasn't a good call. Apparently, all her listeners were complaining, like, this girl's chewing into the microphone for two hours. So it turned into what we now call a scone gate. Oh my gosh. This was probably like six, seven years ago that every time I go on the Taylor Stryker show, everyone goes scone gay. <laughs> so she continued to give me chances and watched me get better at live radio with her. And I credit her so much to even having a podcast today. Wait, I love that so much. And I can't believe that was before Summer House. Yes, I, always, I-, I always feel like Taylor meets people through having like them being on a Bravo show and they come on her podcast for like to do press. So like, yes. I can't believe that you guys met before. Well, she does have, she says she has a nose for Bravo talent. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but what was great about us is she knew me before all the Bravo shit. And because she's so close to you, I felt like she really understood me. And yeah. then I remember her telling me when you first started your tour and telling me everything that was involved with that. So I kind of have been like keeping tabs on you through her throughout this experience. So isn't that yeah. funny that we keep tabs on each other through Taylor Strecker? We're, and also you have hung out with Paige, who's my best friend. So yes. before this interview, I was like, I actually haven't like had a real conversation for a long time with you, like ever. That's even like though in my serious... head we have. No, that's a really good point. Isn't that so weird when you like follow people on social media so closely and you have so many mutual friends that you're like, yeah, we're friends. But like, no, wait, like, I've totally decided I'm not. like, I love Stassi. <laughs> I'm, I'm besties with Stassi. And then I'm like, I've never, well, no, actually we did film Summer House together once. But yeah, but that's true. But I feel like I wasn't like, when I look back on my Summer House experience I don't feel like I was that present well I this was our first season and I talk about it like I I love Vanderpump Page and I are just Vanderpump fans we got put on a Bravo show and then we heard Stassi's coming and not to make your head big but it felt like I was in a school play and Meryl Streep was coming in to act with us and I was like this is we were so nervous like I think I was like hi Mrs. Stassi and I like ran into the bathroom <laughs> wait so were you guys there there a lot because isn't that, I forgot that I was even on Summer House Hannah until you just said that like I feel like I buried that someplace and I just like haven't thought about it I remember you were there for only a couple days Tom Schwartz had like an anal Fisher or something yes. and he was in the hospital which was it was pretty funny when we look back at it but we went out we go out after filming and I just remember you got so swarmed and we all just kind of felt bad like you couldn't even go to the bathroom and we were kind of like I hope Stasi's okay <laughs> and then you guys left and then I ran into you at fashion week once and I was like hey we filmed together and you kind of gave me a blank stare and then I like made fun of you like it's okay I wasn't that memorable <laughs> fuck I don't remember <laughs> I, I, I blocked a lot out from reality TV too. So I, I totally get it. Well, I don't know how, I don't know how you guys did it. Like I remember, I like, I obviously I remember going on summer house. I just haven't thought about it in a while. So like, it's like the memories are coming back, but my, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, the main memory I have is that like, I can't believe you guys are doing this 24 seven. I fought with like y'all's producers a little bit. Cause I'm like, if I'm going to do this cameras and audio have to go off at 10, because listen, like I used to get dark passengery all the time. So like if mm-hmm. I was drinking, like I was a, um, not well human being. And like, I would go nuts. Like anything could make me jealous or like flip, like just flip on a dime. So I'm like, mm-hmm. cameras have to go off at 10 a.m., 10 p.m. And they can go on at 10 a.m. Because I'm not getting paid enough for you guys to have my psycho moments. Well, like you're that's having not boundaries. Fair. You're having respectful boundaries. And yeah, you're like, this isn't my show. I don't want the storylines to be centered around me. Yeah. I actually remember a producer like 
showed us some clip or something about you and they were like, see how she followed up with that question? She sees the storyline. She's going for it. Like they were trying to coach us through you. And I was, I looked at it like an athlete. I was like taking notes. I was like, okay, you have, that's when you have to yell at the person. (laughs) I am dying. This but yeah, when crazy. you walked in, we just, Paige, but Paige and I also, it was our first season and we didn't realize they had microphones like behind the beds. So we'd get into bed and we'd be like whispering and we'd be like, oh my God, that was crazy. And then we realized <laughs> they would get, they got every audio, all the audio. So you just kind of have to get used to it. The worst is just like, they're hearing you fart and pee and like, like why did you want to show that? Like Why? <laughs> It's their decision what they show too. Like I even joke, like they show Paige in the bed all the time. Now I'm like, everyone's in the bed. They're choosing to sh- also the bedroom's the best place to gossip because you can't go in the main kitchen. That's like, yeah. you're going to get, they'll find you there. So yeah. yeah, it really is a Vanderpump. I grew up watching and it was very, you know, like just this friend group who they're in LA and what's it like to live in LA as a New Yorker. I, I liked watching the West Hollywood stuff. But Summer House, they're like, you're in a dungeon, but there happens to be a pool outside. (laughs) And you guys got to wear costumes every other day. (laughs) I'm so bad with costumes, too. They'd yell at me. They're like, this is what you came up with. I'm like, I'm hungover. (laughs) Do you ever, like, do you ever feel like you're... I feel like, you know what's so weird is like, I don't talk about Bravo and Vanderpump Rules that much, but I feel, I've never, like, I feel very comfortable talking to you about it because you and I have been in such similar situations where we were on for a really good amount of time. And then suddenly we weren't not by our, it wasn't our own choice (laughs) to like not be on it anymore. (laughs) And we've had to like have, you know, similar journeys in how we handle it afterwards. Um, And so I feel really comfortable talking to you about it. Like, do you ever feel triggered when you see like Bravo things, like Bravo things pop up on Instagram, Bravo things pop up on any news sites or, or do you watch ever? So I actually didn't know that Scandival happened. What the fuck? my until my friend texted me and was like, "Oh my god, didn't Raquel go to your wedding?" <laughs> but like, did Raquel go my, to your wedding? She went with Nima to my wedding in May. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> so I'm in the drama. I'm in it. I'm fully in it now. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> but I my my phone is so um I've hid every single Bravo account. So like yeah. when I go on my phone, there is zero Bravo on it. Okay. Um, when I when I when you're having a, a great season, you get cocky. It's so fun. Everyone mm-hmm. loves you. You could do nothing wrong. And then when you're having a bad season, you, if you, even like with algorithms, they, it's like showing your ex-boyfriend, like they show you people talking about you. And, um, I also never considered myself like, I consider myself like one of the girls. Like, I'm like, guys, you can't talk about me. I'm not a celebrity. Like, I'm one of you. Like, I just want to talk shit and have fun. And then I was the recipient of of hate before. So I had to, I wasn't allowed to have my phone for like an extended period of time. Because I'm a sensitive, I'm a sensitive yeah. little bitch. I'm very, I'm very like loyal. And I feel like I was like hurt by accounts that had like turned on me and stuff and I wasn't allowed to say anything which is yeah no that's me and you that's the worst people, when you're not allowed I, to say something I love to be heard and my the only thing was telling me is you have to just stay quiet you have to stay quiet you don't want to start more stuff so I don't it's really sad but I can't watch reality tv anymore no Hannah so I I feel the same way. I used to be obsessed with Bravo. I was obsessed with reality shows, even like, you know, the reality shows on Netflix and, and shit. Like I used to watch. I can't even watch Love everything. is Blind. Me it's neither. So I feel the same way. And, you know, I was able to watch Vanderpump Rules last season. And I think it's because they were still like, it was kind of still covid mm. So it didn't feel like the Vanderpump Rules that I knew. But I've mm-hmm. tried to watch this season to you know, support my friends that are still on it and all of that. And I, I, I think it's like healthy maybe for me to be able to, you're watch a fucking it. masochist. You're no, a masochist. <laughs> it's too hard. No, Hannah, it's too hard. So like it, it's, it's too hard. I've tried. And I'm like, I, think- I just don't think I can do it. Anyone who's listening, who's ever like left a job, it's like then hearing your coworkers talk and you know, they say, they're like, Oh, Hey, like, how's it going? And you just feel so left out. Um, 
it's very isolating to go from like literally a friend group to be told like you are not in that friend group anymore. No one wants you to be a part of it. Yeah. And you're a fucking loser is kind of what, what I feel. <laughs> that's what I hear. No, that's what I've always heard too. Even last And then night, when you smell bad in the industry, no one wants to touch you. Oh, absolutely. It's fucking And you're crazy. like, you were sucking my dick six months ago, bitch. And now, yeah, I know. I, it's so crazy because it's funny how you say like the whole coworker thing, because anyone can relate to that. Anyone can relate to like, that's not your job anymore. And like, this was your group of friends and you guys, you still talk and hang out, maybe like go to happy hour afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. cause you know, the reunion was yesterday mm-hmm. and I was texting with Katie and I was like, if I was out to dinner with another friend and I was like, if you want to come meet up with us and she's like, oh, well, I'm actually going to this place. Um, you know, everyone's going there after like, meaning the cast like why don't you come and I literally was like that would be so sad and weird because like I would just be like listening to you guys talk about a life that used to be mine that like I didn't choose to leave and I'm like as much as I'd like to hang out with you guys and I read all about the drama on Instagram like I read about like I hear about it it's like everywhere like I I don't know if I can like go and do that like it just hurts a little too much I understand exactly how you're feeling. And people have to remember too, we're talking about reality TV. So in real life, you are still friends with these people. Like in real life, in the summer, Paige and Sierra would leave the house and come hang out with me in West Hampton. So like they'd finish filming, but then in general, it's like Hannah's not friends with these people. But so I wasn't allowed to hang out the next summer with the people who I was still friends with. Yeah. Um, And then they would talk about stuff going on and they would kind of be a little awkward about it because they felt bad um, yeah. because there's nothing they can do. It wasn't their decision. Of course. And I I think I went through a very dark time of like, I'm not good at processing my emotions. So I just started working really hard. I just started going on the road and doing stand up. but I've done like a shit ton of therapy where honestly mm-hmm. everyone around me was sick of me talking about it. So I had to get a therapist <laughs> to be like, can I talk about it with you? Because my mom's going to disown me. You're like, that episode <laughs> and, of and Sex I don't want to project. Yes. With Carrie Bradshaw. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like Mean Girls. Like I could hear it coming out of my mouth and just word vomit. And yeah. everyone's annoyed with me. But also I was I was traumatizing the people around me because they fe- felt so bad for kind of what happened to me. But they there's nothing they could do either. No, um, of course. But you and I are in a position too where we are entertainers. We love to entertain and reality TV was for a time that platform for us for a lot, a lot longer for you. I was only three years. So for me, it was like that chapter was fun. And then in my show, like I got married and I started traveling a lot and it, it actually wasn't, it was actually perfect timing for me to like grow out of that show. Wait, was your wedding on camera? No, I am. Yeah, I thought I got, that it was. Yeah, your wedding. I got was engaged. After. I got engaged right before the reunion. Okay. Um, and then we got married like a year and a half after that. But it was a very Bravo centric wedding. Like <laughs> there were a lot of no. fun. Bra- <laughs> there were a lot of people who had reached out to me during my hard times that I'm like, I'll never forget that, and I yeah. love you. And it was part of me just being. Here's like, an See, invite. I have friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's another thing. That is another. That's another way I, our lives are both like kind of like on this like the same plane. Oh, yeah, this the like wedding. We both had weddings at the same time. Wait, let's talk about that. I don't think oh I've ever God, really talked I about <laughs> my wedding really that much on straight up with Stasi. So like, wait, let's, let's talk about it. Wasn't it like the same month? No, no, no. I sit down. I'm at Taylor's house in, in Jersey and I'm like, we have a date. And she, they're so excited. The two Taylors are like, what's the date? What's the date? And I say May 13th and their face drops. Yeah. And I'm like, that, what's going what on? Was. And she's like, I'm going to be in Italy. And I'm like, okay, fancy. What are you doing there? And she's like, I'm officiating Stasi's wedding. And I remember just being like, this, this is not an argument. This is not even like a choose one or the other. This is just a horrible coincidence. And I'm not going to make her feel bad at all because this is, this is like, thank God Stasi's even getting married. I know you had to move it and stuff. Thank you. And I was just like, this fucking <laughs> sucks. You. I said, this sucks, but like, she's not officiating my wedding. Um, yeah. we fa- she was like, we FaceTimed her during it. But I remember just feeling like, 
a connection to you during that week though like we both were celebrating love there's been lots of there's been lots of connections that we've had with each other because again like we both were like oh kind of around the same time ish 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 then we mm-hmm. both got married literally the same week mm-hmm. um we are both like touring we both have podcasts we know we know what each other's gone is going through has gone through like it's actually quite wild that we haven't hung out <laughs> I was so jelly because Paige was like double dating with you guys in LA and I was like, I want to be there. But I think Paige and I also, we love sarcasm. We love dark humor. So we always watched you on TV and connected with you. (laughs) So to see that like you were friends with all these people who are friends with me. Also, like I I love um, like Jackie Schimmel and so many people that we're mutual friends with. So, I mean, not to make this a love fest, but seeing you not quit and give up on yourself made me feel less alone. Wait, Anna, that's so nice. That's so nice. But like, I look at your journey and I'm like, that is an admirable journey. Like what you did was amazing. Like, when did you get to the moment? Like after the whole summer house thing happened, like, Mm -hmm. were you like, was there ever a moment where you didn't know you were going to go and tour? Like, were you, and you weren't going to like lean so hard into stand up? Like what made you all this, like you were kind of the most resilient person alive. Like, I mean, you know, obviously like you guys, there are people who like are homeless and stuff like that. And they, you know, like they've been through, like they've gone through death and all that stuff. Like, okay, so maybe not the most resilient person alive, but like super resilient. You went to Salt Lake City for a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) You're really, really, whatever. Okay. But like, you make fart jokes on the weekends. and (laughs) But no, I do think dealing with adversity is really something that we don't talk about enough and how like, I feel like life is just a lot of bad shit happening to you and it's your choice to decide how you respond. Oh yeah. I could have turtled it. I could have just gone in my shell and had a lot of self-hate and I did have self-hate. I blamed Mm -hmm. myself for a lot of things that happened. Um, But what was hard is when everything went down with me, I actually was like doing well. Like I had a, I just got in a talk show with Bravo. Oh wait, hold on. Hannah. So I was supposed to audition for that and there was drama surrounding that. Really? Wait, I feel I like everyone heard. at Bravo hates me. <laughs> no, I literally I mean, remember. I mean, wait, wait, wait. I, there was drama at Bravo? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never, I don't think I've ever talked about this actually. So I just found out I was pregnant. Okay. And uh, someone called me. I can't remember who it was. Who was like, hey, we we're doing this like talk show thing with a bunch of women. That's what, well, this is what we're trying to put together. If you could audition for it. And we're going to put you together with like the other people we're thinking to do this with. And it was the first week I found out I was pregnant and I was like um, coming off of juuling and Xanax (laughs) and alcohol. (laughs) And I literally felt so cracky. Like I felt like I, if you, if like you listen to my podcast, like that week, I remember I did it with like Jackie Schimmel and I couldn't put a sentence together. I was like, is this what it's going to be like for the rest of my life? Like, I'm doomed. I'm never going to work again. So like, I'm like, I can't go and audition. I can't compete. Like, I can't. I already don't feel like I'm somebody that like, you know, when I see you guys, a lot of you guys go on stage like Taylor will y'all will have four of you guys touring or like we'll go and do a live show. And I'm like, that's my worst nightmare because I'd rather just sit back and let everyone do the talking. Like I can't be like interjecting. So I'm like thinking like, how would I do this audition? Like, I like I don't think I can do it. And I'm like, what even is this show? Whose show is this? And I think they were like, oh, it's this, oh God, it was somebody's show. And I was like, I don't know who Kate's. that person, Kate, okay. I think it was Kate's. Well, it was her idea because she had gotten like some developmental thing and it was her idea. And then we all were kind of auditioning around her for chemistry. And okay. Kate and I had like done podcasts together. We kind of knew each other. I think Wait, she definitely gave a good word for we me. Don't, we don't know each other, but all I've heard is that she talks shit about me. So like, she talks shit about me too. So it's okay. okay. So I'm like, this does not sound like something that I want to be part of. And like, because this girl does not like me. And like, even if this girl did like me, I'm way too cracky to like actually do a good job. Like I can't. So like, but that's I said, also you with your boundaries. Like I would say yes to literally anything. And I feel like you were like, I don't feel like this is the right thing for me. I don't think the chemistry is right. Like, it's not bad that you had a boundary with it. 
Oh my God. I remember Andy Cohen texted me. I had a missed call from him and like my heart sank into my butt. Like Andy Cohen doesn't call me. Like he no. just, do- like he doesn't. If you're not a housewife, you're like, he no. dialed me. Yeah. Like I'm not like, I'm not here trying to be like, yeah, we talked to each We don't. Okay. <laughs> then I was like, I just, I'm like, I'm, I'm too weak. I'm going to text him back. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I can't have a phone call about this. And I tried to explain without saying I was pregnant that like, it's just not the fit for me or whatever. And he, I think he wrote you back. You also like, had a digital show at that time. I think. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm your agent. Well, Thank I just you. remember people, someone had told me like Stassi's really busy, like she has shit going on. And I was like, yeah. Um, but I remember the, when we were trying out, it was just like a Zoom like this. Everyone's internet was utter shit. shit. Like, yeah. uh, like you can't hear what people are saying. And then somehow I ended up getting cast. And this is before my last season of Summer House. So I was like, I was feeling great. I was with my parents, yeah. five cats. I was like loving life. And <laughs> And then we, I, I heard I got the job and then I filmed my final season when we were like locked in the house and it was a nightmare. But when we finally started filming chat room after filming summer house, I filmed it in my mom's kitchen. Oh my So gosh. I had like a laptop on top of my mom's microwave and it was so difficult, but the girls were like so great and patient with each other. It would take us like hours sometimes with like, I mean, like Giselle was like, having construction on our house during yeah it. yeah but we did it and I I was feeling really good and then it was crazy because when I found out I'm not coming back to summer house I also found out like chat rooms done so I went from having like two jobs to having no jobs and as someone who I used to be a tennis player I don't know if you know I know that but my mm-hmm. life has always been like the better I do the more successful I am the more love I receive externally okay so when I like was new was newly engaged and then got fired from two shows and started to get hate online. I, I had to like do some inner work to be like, you know, you're fucking worthy, even though everyone's telling you you're not. Yeah. No. And that's where you have to find that strength of like, you have to believe in yourself when no one else does. And you have to have kindness to yourself when no one else will. Okay, one of my favorite things in the world, liquid IV. You guys, I've been using liquid IV. I can't even count the amount of years that I've been drinking liquid IV. Let me explain if you are new here. Um, Basically, it's a hydration multiplier. So it's like a little packet of goodness, okay, that has uh, five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the amount of electrolytes. So when you put a pack into a bottle of water, shake it up, drink it. It's essentially drinking two bottles of water. So just extra hydration all around. Now, back when I was not pregnant and um, could drink, I mean, I would literally pound liquid IV in between my drinks before I went to bed, right when I woke up, it was just like a part of my life. Now I mainly use it for when I work out because I'm trying to stay really healthy this pregnant. Uh, When I travel, when I fly, oh my God, you guys, when you fly, everyone gets so dehydrated. You have to have little liquid IV packs with you. Like it's the only way. My favorite flavor is passion fruit, but honestly, they're all so good. The tropical punch is really good. The acai berry. Bo's really into the lemon lime, but passion fruit, supreme. Reigns supreme. Honestly, I'm just like really mad I didn't invest in this company. Like I'm mad that like I don't have a stake in it, like because it's just fucking fantastic. So you guys grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Stasi at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Stasi at liquidiv.com. How did you have faith that people would start showing up for you when you started, you decided to start touring and like keep at, and you started, you decided to like not, because there were moments where I was, me and Bo talked about like, let's move to Italy and start a food truck. And like, that is actually still like a dream of mine. So like, uh, maybe that will happen, you know, I like (laughs) whatever, but like we thought about, I've thought about Montana. I've thought about it. Especially because of Yellowstone. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Just me, Jeffree Star and Kanye just shooting the shit. (laughs) Yeah. But like, how did, how did you know that people, enough people would show up? How did you have that faith? I just had to tell myself that like, I need to find laughter in things. I need to make people laugh. And I had this drive of like, I need to show people who I am. 
Like I was so upset that I felt like I was being falsely shown to the world. And there were so many things not shown that out of context that made me look a type of way and hate campaigns that made me look a type of way. So I was like, no one, you, if you just show up as yourself and talk for an hour, like it was almost like a political, like, um, tour where I was like, this is me. And if you don't like me, fine, but I at least want you to know who I am. And I was making like, I was just doing who I was. And I know I'd go on stage in the beginning when all this stuff was going down being like, I don't know if these people here even like me who are showing up. Of course. Of course, and I that's a worry. That voice in the back of my head that they're like, they think I'm crazy. They yeah, like I'm they're a crazy just bitch. they're just coming to like jeer and coming to like watch a train wreck or something. That's exactly. like one of my fears. <laughs> like truly, not so much anymore. But back then, <laughs> it's it's totally normal. But also, they had known as I'd been doing comedy for a couple years leading up to that, and they just they decided not to show it on Summer House. So it wasn't just like a a wing thing that oh, I was doing. So see, I, I had didn't know that practicing for a long time I mean it was I had toured I mean but because of the pandemic I had to stop but I was doing comedy before the pandemic but I just kept hustling and I also surrounded myself with comedians who don't give a shit about reality TV and I would tell them about the stuff that would happen and they never even heard of Bravo some of them yeah they'd be like that is so fucked up or they'd be like oh I would (laughs) have done the same thing or they'd be like oh I would do so bad on reality TV if that was the case or like I would have believed that person too so they made me feel a little less crazy and I really I changed my group of people I surrounded myself with because when you're only hanging with reality TV people a lot of them care about numbers, followers, Mm -hmm. fame, exposure. They don't care always about like being good at something or being kind or like other things that make you feel more fulfilled. So once I was able to get out of that mindset, yeah, then I started to see a little bit of light. Like I didn't want to completely jump out of a window and I don't mean that lightly. No, I think what you just said is so important because, and it takes so long. Once you've been in the reality world for a good amount of time, it's hard to stop thinking that way in terms of numbers, in terms of followers and in terms of like every, you're, you're groomed to think that the world revolves around you and that every single problem that you're having is so important and everyone wants to hear about it like Mm -hmm. that. Like I bet like throughout the time I was on Vanderpump Rules, I was probably like not a very pleasant person to have conversations with because I wonder if like I always just made it about myself because I was trained to think that everything I was going through mattered to everyone, you know? Yes. Like, And you took- also have to think ahead of like, how is this going to look or how might they use this against me? Or totally. is, is someone going to get mad at me? Like it, you're constantly having to think like four steps ahead with every life decision. So you're not actually living. No, you are. A, you are. a. You're my dad used to be like, is this Hannah's avatar or is this Hannah I'm talking to? And he was kidding. But he, he was but- saying like, who are you? True. No, that is, it's so, so true. And I've tried to explain this because like, obviously like Katie's still one of my best friends. And like, I've tried Mm -hmm. to like explain it to her, like what I've realized on the outside (laughs) where like, I'm like, I've been on the outside for so long that like Katie, my problems, literally no one fucking cares. So like when you, (laughs) when you think that like your problem is like the biggest thing in the world, it actually isn't. And like, Mm -hmm. it's so hard when you're on a show, not to think of your life all the time as the show, a show, a show, a show, a show. It's like, it's really weird. It's really weird. I also remember when I left the show realizing that I had a choice now, like I invited my, like the love of my life to come on the show. And he was there for like two days and they made it like three episodes and they like really forced all this drama that wasn't even there. Like everyone had a great time (laughs) in reality. And I remember thinking, feeling so guilty that he had received hate because of me and then being like, okay, I don't have to give people him anymore. Yeah. I don't owe them that. I don't need to have Insta stories with him. I can protect him in a way. So being able to choose what you want to show the public and for people to follow you, not because they're trying to see what the next drama is or what the next fight is, but to follow you because they like your podcast or like they like your fashion or they like your jokes. And um, isn't that also... I'm not good at fighting either. Like I am, I just seem like you would be too. I am. Well, I'm from New York. I love making funny, witty remarks, but if shit got real, like if anyone gets mad at me, I like, I get so upset because I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I want everyone to love me. And I, 
I am always rooting for like the underdog. I hate when people get bullied. I always feel like I have to stand up for justice, which is not always good with reality TV because then Mm -hmm. you could look like the one crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) You think you're being a feminist icon and everyone's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) But also when I was like, they're not using my funny one-liners. They're not showing all the funny stuff. This is actually hurting my career. No, and that's a choice by producers. Like sometimes they don't want someone to get a little bit too big, a little bit too funny, a little bit too likable. Like that isn't good for the show. But you said something- media. Oh, sorry, continue. No, that's okay. I just, you said something that I thought was really interesting like um, a couple seconds ago. You were, you talked about people being interested in- you or reality people um, and following you and reality people for the drama as opposed to like the content that you're you are putting out and I think that that's something that's so interesting because that is also a genuine fear that I've had for so long that like okay well once I was on wasn't on Vanderpump Rules I'm like where where is my worth like my worth is wrapped up in people wanting to see the drama so like what do I have to offer anymore if I don't have any drama in my life to show people and like that was like a huge mindfuck and sometimes I still like have that thought creep into my head like am I just like too boring now but like I have to just trust because there's no I have no other choice but to trust that like who I am is enough levels that you would wake up with every day hearing someone say like a cast member say something about you or like realizing you're in a fight with someone or realizing they're making it look like you're one person versus the other person yeah I, for my health, it wasn't good for me. I had like two great seasons and you're right. Like I got all these followers and, and I had my podcast. I got on this talk show and I was like feeling great. I was like, I found my purpose and the universe was like, you have more lessons to learn. (laughs) (laughs) But the truth is if it didn't happen to me, I'd still be on reality TV and I'd argue I wouldn't have grown as a person. I I say the same thing. You you, you literally get in the same storylines every fucking year. Every year. It's impossible to grow. It's not even anyone's fault. It's like not not even anyone. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. They they can't help it. Or you're forced to grow in ways you don't want to grow. Like you're forced to get engaged or you're forced to break up with people or you're forced to be a type of person you don't want to be. And I'm, I had this, I always had this fear of being people seeing me as not me. Like even mm-hmm. before reality TV, like meeting a new group of people, I'd be like, you have to show them who you are. Like you're, you're funny and you're nice and you're, and like, this is you, you're cool. Yeah. And then to be on reality TV and them just like play around with your character, whoever they want. It was like my biggest fear happened. And oh, then wow. from that, I was able to be like, okay, I had an ego death. And then you asked like, how did you think people would care again? This is going to sound so dramatic. But TikTok I love it. saved my life. Wait, what saved your life? TikTok saved my life. Oh, no. I feel that way about Outlander. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all have our things. <laughs> we all have our, our little kinks. But like, I couldn't go on Instagram. Like, I'd post like a joke and someone would be like, she's the fucking worst. I hope she dies. And yeah. like 800 people would like it. And I'd be like, okay, I've, I felt okay this morning and now I, I don't. So TikTok is a discovery app. For anyone who wants yeah. to learn about TikTok, I'll give you oh, a no. quick... Yeah, please do. Because Hannah, I've, my, I became obsessed with TikTok over um, COVID and all that stuff and being fired and all that stuff. Just a lot of time at home. I am so into TikTok. And on this podcast, I try and like convert other people into loving TikTok. So please... I want to convert you into being a TikTok star. I like know? to observe on TikTok. I, I love that you just like Kim Kardashian behind the bush. Like, no, literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but for TikTok, the difference between TikTok and Instagram is that TikTok is, is a discovery app. When I post, it doesn't go to people who follow me. It goes to like a random amount of people and how they engage depends, affects how far the video goes. So I start posting on TikTok and the comments, no one knew who I was. Yeah. And I was like, wait, this is fucking awesome. So then no one knew I was on reality TV and it was very refreshing. So I just became, I love creating. I'm a creator. I, I needed to, I couldn't just sit around. So I started just posting my jokes and, and posting funny clips of stand up. And I started to get like momentum with it. I was posting three to five times a day. 
Okay, that's, you know, I, everybody says that. Everyone's like, you have, if you're going to do TikTok, you got to post multiple times a day. And I'm like, I I don't have, well, not you're that I like, have such a busy life. It's just, I don't no, have but a like, time. like, you're a mother. But I have some help. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I have some help. I'm not literally just like chained to my baby 24-7. I could technically like maybe do some TikToks every now and then. But yeah. three to five every day is fucking insane. That was kind of to get me like, because I was insane at the time where I felt so misunderstood. I felt so scared. I felt so rejected. I felt so alone that TikTok became like my community like the friend group that I lost <laughs> yeah no <laughs> and I get it, it turned out to be all these supportive women who were like we think you're funny and I just kind of kept going and then I have this community of great comedians who I hang out with and I started to get a following and some of them didn't have a following because like they hadn't done like reality tv and and podcasting yet so I started putting them in my videos and I created this kind of like beautiful community of people who love to create and love to laugh and like my life has just gotten significantly better since I was fired. No, isn't that like so weird how that happens? <laughs> Let's talk about hair care um, and more specifically my hair routine, because about like a year ago now, I decided it was right after my wedding. I decided, OK, I need to go on like a hair care journey. So I stopped bleaching my hair. I started taking supplements and I started to take the products that I use on my hair very, very fucking seriously. And I have just become absolutely obsessed with whey products. I had actually used quite a few of them for a while, but this past year I got so many of them. And I feel like now not only is like my hair transformed and just super healthy and amazing. And I just love the way that it looks and feels all the time. But I also love the experience of shampooing and conditioning and taking care of my hair because I also just love the packaging and the way that whey products smell. Like my favorite thing to use is the de the detox like reset shampoo. And then I'll put a little bit of the fine hair conditioner in it. And then when I get out of the shower, I put spray the leave-in conditioner because, oh my God, it smells so freaking good and makes my hair feel so soft. I no longer have flaky skin or like a dry scalp and I don't have oiliness in my hair. Like it's just an overall like great freaking texture. The way to healthy hair this season and beyond starts here. So go to theway.com and use code Stasi for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T H E O U A I dot com and use code Stasi. But you know what? I wanted to punch everyone in the face because everyone kept going, Hannah, this happened for a reason. And I was just like, like, okay, well, it would be like another day. I'm like, the reason has not come yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's like when, when you're going through it, it's so hard to see that. But like once you're like out of it, it's like, of course, there are still times like I miss it. Like, of course, it still stings. Like, of course, like I'm like, oh, God, I, you know, I'll, I'll see something that like my friends are filming. I'm like, oh, my God, I'd love to get dressed up and join you guys. <laughs> like that yeah. looks like I miss putting on a microphone and doing a walk yeah. up and like that's fun. But I'm so much more of a healthy person at this point yes. I'm and which makes me a way fucking better mother like yes. and so like that's really all I can ask for because now like I'm not living for myself anymore like it's not about me anymore it's about being the best for like my damn children <laughs> I also I remember when you stepped away like you stepped away on your own once oh yeah I've done that before yeah yeah, yeah you've yeah, done yeah, it yeah, before yeah. So you know you, like I come crawling back like you know you come like, you know. well I do have to say reality tv is an addiction I believe it like because <laughs> you get it. this fucking high like what other place do you get filmed like you're a movie star and then you get tons of followers like it's actually crazy but then yeah. people who are in it forget that like it's crazy like yeah. this is crazy you guys you're, you're like told to do stuff and then it goes online and they post it however they want and then people fight over who they like and then you just hope that you come out okay like that's a crazy life it really is so fucking but crazy certain people <laughs> are good at it and can handle it and I would argue that like you were great at reality tv but I don't know if it would have been healthy for your family or yourself long term yeah like how long no yeah and it's like do it of course and <laughs> would like I when... watch Vanderpump in the senior citizen center yes 
but, <laughs> but like, and they Someone pick apart with they, 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 <laughs> like besides just my family, they pick apart every fucking relationship. So like they would, any issue, let's just say like you and your husband had, they would, fi- even if you don't have issues, <laughs> I mean, every couple does, oh, yeah. but like even the tiniest thing they would, they would make so big at some point yep. that like it would become bigger in your relationship, thus leading to more relationship problems. Or like when you filmed it, it wasn't big, but then when you add 10 confessionals of people talking about it, it becomes a thing. <laughs> 100%. Yes. Accurate. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. Wow. All this, all this reality TV talk. It's like, you know, it's scandal. It's just like reignited something in me (laughs) i know (laughs) i do think i will watch the reunion but i have to say nothing will ever compare to the first couple seasons of vanderpump the rawness like it was just i mean the my friends and i quote you all the time that's so crazy stassi like i asked Paige if she needs a pinot grigio like every other and that's like my least favorite line like i don't understand that one like i like hannah i don't understand it it's like this joke with me and all my friends that like i'm like when people think that's so funny i'm like how like i literally genuinely in that moment wanted a pinot grigio and she was my <laughs> server <laughs> That was not me trying to be clever. <laughs> well, I think when you don't try, it's like even the best. I mean, when you said, I'm the devil and don't you forget it. Oh, no, I love that one. Okay, I love that one. I'm, I, don't tug down on that one because no, that I love that to one. be I love that go one. down in the history. Um, but I do think I also love change and I'm not afraid of change. And I feel like sometimes the universe does stuff to you that is so fucking painful, but I almost feel like the more pain it is, the more growth you have. And one thing I gained from this whole experience is I'm not scared anymore. Like I was so scared of people not liking me. I was so scared of my career going bad. I was so scared of getting fights with friends and then it all happened to me. And then I was like, okay, what else is the world going to throw at me? Because I'm, I'm fine. Totally. No, it does. It, it really, it toughens you so quickly and just like such a great way and gives you like this weird sense of of security even though you you're so acutely aware of how how not secure you are in life like meaning yeah. like everything could go away at any moment so like to mm-hmm. know that like there is no such thing as security there is a security in that you're so right it's almost like once you embrace that like we're just enjoying moment to moment anything can happen but we know that we will persevere is really powerful because when you're younger you know in your early 20s like one guy doesn't text you back and you're like I'm never gonna recover oh, from this financially I know. <laughs> totally <laughs> so I'm at that place where I'm just like yeah I've seen a lot of shit on the streets <laughs> <laughs> and I, my friends will come up to me and they're like your career is going so well and I'm like thanks you know I could lose it tomorrow but I just I'm enjoying it while it is and it's I'm working on my like followers and and you know amount of tickets I'm selling not defining my happiness which is like totally hard thing to do because obviously you like to be able to have like a bigger voice and be heard by more people and affect more people yeah of course well speaking of your following your tiktoks are fucking amazing okay thank you and I can't tell whether you're a millennial or a gen z so, okay, I'm a millennial who's like weirdly very accepted by the Gen Z's, but I'm also very scared of the Gen Z's. No, okay, so I'm scared of them too, but like I have like a deep admiration for them and I want to be accepted by Gen Z, but like how have you done that? How, like how? I do think it's the, and me and you are married. Yes. So it's a little different, but Which like- Which is chuggy and basic so, and millennial. It was like, getting married is fucking chuggy. Like, it is. We, <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Can we just, hold on. Let's go over the chuggiest of all because you had everyone's dream bachelorette party. So like oh technically- Technically okay, I, on paper, it's everyone's dream. Like you had all of your girlfriends go to Miami. You guys stayed at like a wonderful hotel. You guys were on a yacht. Y'all went to like fancy ass dinners. <laughs> you did the whole thing. Technically Matching like outfits. Hannah, that was my worst nightmare as like a bachelor, <laughs> like as a bride. Like when they were asked, when people were asking me, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'd re- like nothing. But like, if I had to do something like an intimate dinner while we're like in Italy, like with like five of us, like, I don't know, like I can't handle penis straws. I can't handle and but like that's like the only thing about me that I feel like isn't millennial like and that is like maybe the only thing about you that like was very millennial (laughs) if I were to do it over again I would have had a small wedding and like a chill bachelorette but 
So I said to my friends, okay, I want to do like a farm upstate and I want to see Paige like feeding cows like that. It would make me happy. Like it's about me. Right. And they were like, we're not fucking going to a farm. So basically what happened is it turned into kind of like my friend's bachelorette party because I'm very like we are friends. We just bully each other. And I joke that like a lot of bachelorettes are cults where they put the girl like on a pedestal and they're like, all hail Stephanie. She found one dick for life. Yeah. Where my friends were <laughs> shitting on me the whole time. They were like, I don't know how you got this man. Um, but we, I got a photographer to follow us around. Wait, yeah. I, that, I mean, first of all, that's epic. It's amazing. Such a great idea. Like a really I mean, great idea. It was a, a good selling point because like everyone would show up to the dinner so hot and we'd take turns with the photographer. Paige would be gone for three hours. I'm like, where did she go? Um, but it was, I thought I was going to hate it, but it actually, what, like you don't have a time where you can get all these busy friends from different times of your life in one place. But like, I could never do it again. Like I could not get yeah. married again. If I found another man, we're doing a, a quick little elopement. Agreed. Agreed. I did it for the story. <laughs> I did it for the plot and I also did it to be like see not all my friends hate me <laughs> and I kind of was like I, it was a celebration of me that I hadn't had in a while of like love and community that no, I, I mean listen I loved following along and I watched like all the things that I, I saw you guys post I will say like I wish that I knew about the whole photographer thing, I would have done that way in Italy. Like that would have actually, yeah. that's so smart. And if anyone, any bride to bees are listening right now and you're planning something, whether it's a bachelorette or whatever, hire a photographer because like then everyone will show up in great outfits. They will take, yeah. they will take the assignment very seriously. Yes. Like that just like, I don't have any photos from my mini like bachelorette dinner that like I did. Like we just like had dinner together. You had, you know, you had a good time my thing was it was all these like amazing content creators together and I know we love making content and I did not want like to spend half an hour of us all taking photos of each other I was yeah. like that's a waste of my fucking time we'll have a photographer take it and he was great he partied with us the whole time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and then getting married is chuggy but to be so for the Gen Z's my but who overall, decided that it's chuggy? Why? I mean, I see it Gen now Z's through their lens. Because they're too young. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Listen, yeah, it's like I see it through their lens and I'm like, God, looking at when you look at Pinterest wedding, that feels chuggy. And then like now it's like anything wedding feels chuggy. But that's just because I'm like starting to view things as a Gen Z, even because I want to be them so badly. I think their whole concept that I've taken on is decentering men from your life. Now, this oh. is a loaded statement, decentering men from your life, especially because I'm married, which was bad for my brand, but I did it. Um, I, 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 no, I disagree. I think this makes you so much, so much more layered in terms of your content because there, there is that other layer that you're not just a single girl dating around anymore. Like you, you know what it's like on both sides. So like, yes. I disagree Anyway, sorry. Well, thank you. Because I, I would argue that if you're single listening to the pod right now, decentering men from your life means you're not making decisions in your day based on men. So the way I met my husband was like, I started pursuing comedy. He saw me in the background of Nikki Glazer's Instagram story and decided to message me. That was not me being like, oh, where's Brad going to be on the weekend after his work and maybe I'll run into him. No, we're not changing our life for what these dum-dums are doing. Yeah. So once you stop making decisions factoring men, you actually find your authentic self and attract more authentic people into your life. And I think Gen Z's, the women were raised a little less like Disney princess vibes, even though yeah. we love a Disney princess, but it was more like... They grew up in a time where the media was more empowering for women. Yeah. No, I agree. But like, if we're going to not, what's it called? Decentralize? Decentering men. Decentering men. What if men started decentering us? Which like, that would suck. They can't. Because, no, because they literally can't. They were Bo makes decisions us. based on me all day long. <laughs> so like, no, no, no. We make them better. Yeah. <laughs> men, this is the thing. Men have always decentered women from their lives. It's always been the man's career. It's always been, you know, what the man wants to do. The man doesn't have to worry about kids. But like being a feminist is actually being a little selfish with yourself and finding someone who loves you for you. 
and not okay, well, you changing for a dude. I just realized that Gen Z needs to start worshiping me as their queen because <laughs> I have been organically and naturally doing that for a while. And now in this relationship, not my past relationships, because I've definitely changed myself for people before. We all have. But like Bo literally works around me. Like my life is like the the center of everyone of, of his. Do you know what I'm saying? So I like, love you guys together so much. I just have to say it. I'm such a fan. Thank you. But like, seriously, Gen Z. And Bo is is fucking great because let's be honest, for me and you, the average guy is not going to want to be with us. No, I completely agree with you. You need a certain type of dude that can handle the the bright light that we are shining every day (laughs) in their eyes that makes them blind. My husband is never bored. I'll tell you that. But it takes a certain guy that is really confident in themselves and comfortable in themselves. And I think when I first met you and Bo, when you don't remember it, but I do every day, (laughs) (laughs) I just remember like how he looked at you and how he kind of like, like listened to you and laughed. It's not about like finding a guy that is funny. It's a guy who laughs at your jokes, who hears you, who receives you. And I feel like you guys were so connected in that way. I notice when men are just performing and they want a laugh track around them and it could be replaceable who's around them. And you guys, he really let you be yourself and then like embraced who you are, which is so. I mean, that's how I feel. So like, that's so, that's like really sweet that you saw that. That's really nice. And I do think because he's been behind the camera before, I think I've mm-hmm. talked to Paige about this before because I have like so many opinions. Like he can, he's okay with stepping back and letting you shine, but he also is fully capable of hanging of with you in. and witty banter and yeah. putting you in your place, which you need. Like I need a guy who like calls me out on my bullshit or I'll walk all over him. No, boring. I, I completely agree. Look at us like just like decentering men, but still being married. <laughs> it's... It's fun because I also think like so many people make their relationship their whole identity where again, it's like, I don't need Des. I want him. Yeah. But I don't need him. And that's a a calm and beautiful feeling. And that's where I kind of want to feel with a lot of things in my life. Like I felt, we felt like we needed reality TV. Yeah. And it's, we realized we don't need it. Totally. But it was, it was fun while it lasted. Do you ever get, do you ever get scared that you are going to start making being married your identity or when you have kids, you're going to make, if you want kids, I don't know if you want kids. Cause I heard mm-hmm. a funny story how you took plan B after the day after your wedding. <laughs> you guys, that's incredible. Like it's, it's honestly really romantic. Be, hear me out because that means that you guys, you are so in sync with each other and you've had those that you've communicated, you've had those tough discussions and about what you guys want. And clearly you guys both are like, we're not ready to have kids. So like, let's be responsible about this. Like I, so I think that that's romantic. Well, I'm, I'm notoriously bad with my birth control pill. Like I'll miss four days. I'll take seven. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I realized I was ovulating the next morning, like spotting. Yeah. And I, and Paige, um, is like a creepy witch sometimes. And during my wedding, she got blackout and she's like, you're going to get pregnant the night of your wedding. And I was like, I can't not not believe her. Like (laughs) I have to do something. So I woke him up and I was like, do you want to have a baby? And he was like, I kind of want to travel for a couple of years. And I'm like, you're 47. Smart though. That's fine. Yeah, travel. (laughs) Go skiing. (laughs) You want to go to Mars? Where have you not been? But it's fine. Um, So then we go take me to Walgreens. And I'm like, I still have my wedding makeup like smeared across my face. I'm fucking, you know, I can't find the birth control. You know, it's locked up. It's like a whole thing. I do a whole bit about it in my stand up. And everyone, I hadn't posted any photos from the wedding because I was trying to be like away from my phone. And finally, I'm holding the plan B and I have my wedding ring on and I go, this is the perfect <laughs> first photo to post from after the wedding day. Some people were not happy about it, but I think a lot of people got a kick out of it. Oh my God. I didn't realize that that's how it went down. That Some is people were hysterical. like, how dare you kill your baby? And I'm like, the baby's not there yet. We're being oh preventative. Oh my God. Do you want <laughs> kids? Great question. This is the one thing that's looming over me that I don't, that I don't know about because I've always been that person that just like expected like I will have children I never was like I want kids I'm just like I grew up in a family with parents who had kids I thought I would do it um I'm 31 and I have a man and I'm at this point where my career is finally getting like good momentum and I travel a lot and I I'm really scared that if I have a kid it would affect a lot of that 
And yeah. I know there are stand-up comedians like Ali Wong, who's doing amazing, Bonnie McFarlane, who has a family, but there's a lot of like, like Nikki Glaser, Chelsea Handler, um, single girls, Taylor Tomlinson, no kids who are just killing it. And you wonder like, is this going to hinder my dreams? But then you have people like Amanda Hirsch, not skinny, not fat, who had a kid and her mm-hmm. career has been incredible. Yeah. And you is another great example. You're podcasting, you're touring. Um, but I do think my husband, like he's older and he's like, if you don't want kids, it's fine. Yeah. So I'm in that weird in between. And then I have friends who are like freezing their eggs and they're like, I just, I just, I really want to have a kid. I think around 33 or 34, I would like to try. Well, I think that if you are not like absolutely sure that like you want kids, I don't, I like wait. You know, I think that it is something that changes your life. But I think that when you're ready, when you, if you can prepare as much as possible, like make sure you have some sort of a support system, whether that's family around to help you watch, or you can, you know, you have the means to have childcare. Like Mm -hmm. when you have all that set up, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. It like, it, it really does. Did you want to have a kid? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, that has been my number one desire. I feel like my whole entire life, like I've wanted to be a mom. So like it was a non-negotiable, like Bo, if Bo would have told me he didn't want to have kids, like as much as I love him, I would have been like, I can't be with you. Like that's what I want more than anything. But it it does, it changes your life. And like, it, it changes your content. Like, you know, I feel like right now my identity is like Hartford, but like that it, I don't care. Like it is what it is because she's, the thing I love the most and my priority and like when your priorities change, then the things you're interested in change and like what you do on a day to day changes, your hobbies change. And like, I don't Mm -hmm. think anything's wrong with that. You know, next thing you know, you're just talking about like diapers all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I try and maintain like a little bit of who I am, but But I just, but what's beautiful is something that you mentioned earlier that I'm excited for is the idea that, you don't think about yourself all the time because that's like truly exhausting or just existing. And the fact that you can wake up and like, I love animals. I love my cat (laughs) to have have like a human that you wake up and you care more about than yourself sounds so beautiful. And like, but whenever I speak to moms, they give me these like wild answers where they're like, it's going to ruin your life, but it'll be the greatest thing you ever did. But it's horrible, but it's amazing. But it's I disagree. And I'm like, can you tell me what you like? TikTok has all these horrible TikTok can fucking this is the one thing I don't like about TikTok, like that whole trend where like, um, you know, the 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 euphoria thing where it's like, why me and my husband have chosen not to have kids because of this, because this will happen if you have kids. I'm like, no. And I've, I, and I said this actually on my last podcast, I was like, that's what happens if like you married the wrong person or like you're with someone who you shouldn't have kids with. Yes. Like it's not yes. like that for everyone. Like if your partner's putting in just as much work and you both feel heard, seen, taken care of, like then mm. you, it's not going to be like that. See, Des knows that he's going to be taking care of the child. (laughs) Well, as long as you guys have it situated, like, you know what to expect from each other. (laughs) He's he's like, so like, I'm not a babysitter. I was not going to marry a guy who didn't have a shit together. So I married like a full developed man in the oven. He is well done. He knows, he knows all the little, he knows what to do. He's been living his own life. So I do agree. Like if you have a partner that's so supportive, like I, I, people be like, are you sure you can handle having a kid? I'm like, I'm pretty sure so many women in like the history the, of world Since like the beginning of time. Have figured it people out. People have figured it out how to do this. Like, we're, you're going to be okay. <laughs> like, He's like, you need a cat sitter for butter all the time. I'm like, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> My cat. <laughs> but talking to you actually makes me feel a lot better. Because deep down, like, I know I'm going to love this kid more than anything. Um, but you have, I have that like feminist fear where I'm like but a a comedian man at my age isn't worried about like his career stalling he'll just be like yeah someone could have my kid and and I'll continue touring so but I would like to be an example for the future to help women not that you can have it all but that you can have what you want oh my god literally on my outline right now I literally have to finish on that on the whole having it all thing because I saw you posted something on TikTok where you were like women can't have it all women can have most of it but they can't have it all and I wanted to just like get more of your thoughts on that because I I ask women this a lot like what they 
think on just the phrase having it all because we're asked so often about it. And yeah, men are never asked about it. And the way that I feel about it changes all the time. Like, well, what is having it all? We all have a different definition of it. So like technically, Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I do have it all. Like, okay, I wish I had more money. Do you know what I mean? I wish there were like, (laughs) there are more things that like I wish I had, obviously. So like, I don't have it all, but I have just enough. Mm -hmm. I have just enough. And like being happy with just enough is like a pretty good spot to be in. Oh, exactly. But like, I I know we all want more. (laughs) My joke on TikTok is like, yeah, like I can't be gorgeous and funny and successful and take out the trash, you know, like pick or poison. Um, But it's true. Like it reminds me of something else I saw on TikTok and I can't, I forget the person, I can't credit them, but it's about how like women feel the pressure to be perfect, where I feel like men just are themselves sometimes and I'm being like stereotypical about it but like you need to be the perfect mom the perfect like businesswoman you know the perfect friend all the time and it's like why can't we just be ourselves and see what happens so I think having it all is being fully authentic to yourself and what you want and who you are changes every day and we're always evolving so I just want women to be like not frozen by fear of trying to meet some kind of standard and instead just like be fearlessly yourself and see where it takes you because no one's perfect. Hannah, out of all the people I've asked this question to, I think your answer is my favorite, literally hands down. That like no, having you. it all is being your authentic self and that changes every day and not having to strive for some level of perfection in everything we do. Just being true to ourselves. That is the fucking brilliant answer. Thank you. I'm going to think about that all day long. <laughs> Like you have, you, you have it figured out. See what happens when you get fired from <laughs> shows, people. <laughs> I love getting you fired. Fig- it's not the first time I've out. been fired. <laughs> I do say you get fired when you're authentically yourself. Sometimes like the universe was like, you have grown out of this situation. And, <laughs> and yeah. if you, if you placate or you try to be something for someone, you are stuck in situations you don't want to be in and then you'll never have it all. So having it all sometimes includes losing it all. Yeah. No, I completely, I completely fucking agree with you. It's well, so a meta. Podcast I know. It's I was so talking to my husband. I was like, I think we're going to talk pop culture. Like, I don't know, like fucking Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, can I have you back though? Because this was so much fun. I enjoyed every fucking me? second of it. And we can literally talk pop culture next time because I would love to go on anytime. I would also have love to have some threesomes, maybe with Taylor, with Jackie. Yes. Um, yes. And when I'm in LA, I'll definitely hit you up. Let me know when you're in New York. Please do. I will. Hannah, thank you so much. You guys go follow Hannah. It's Hannah Burner on both TikTok and Instagram. She has two Mm -hmm. podcasts, Burning in Hell and The Giggly Squad. And you guys, (laughs) she's touring right now, both comedy show Mm. and podcast tour with Paige DeSorbo. Like literally, she is a beast. (laughs) You're so good at journalism. But yeah, I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm going to be in Boston. I have HannahBurner.com. Are you coming to LA again for a show? I think Paige and I might stop by LA um, for a bit and I might have, I just had some shows, but I'll be back. Don't worry. Okay. All right. All right. Well, please let me know. I will. All right. Thank you so much. 